Man, I still can't believe you're back. It's great to see you again. For the hundredth time, it's great to see you too, Crispin. Oh god, please don't say my full name. What's wrong, Crispin? Afraid people will mock you if they learn your real name? No, of course not. It's just... I don't need the IRS on my tail. The what? I'm over 200 years late on my taxes. They won't just send me to prison. They'll send me to super prison. Do you know what they do to ghouls like us in super prison? No. Exactly, you don't know. They won't do anything to me because super prison doesn't exist. You're as naive as ever, Johnny. Wait, I'm lost. Exactly as planned. <laughs> All right, I concede for now, Crispin. Damn it. listeners to Wasteland Active Radio, your number one and probably only source for news in the lovely Ash Flats. As always, I'm your gracious host, Crispy, and do I have a show for you today. Last week, a lot of big things went down. The swarm of rat hoppers attacked, flesh-eating rat hoppers, I might add, and the Dashwoods managed to take them out. Atlas returned from a failed mission to kill Macklin, the Nightkin super mutant leader, of an army of super mutants, who's on his way to rule over any and all people who stand in his way. And most importantly, we learn the identity of the laser-toting wanderer. Turns out he's an old friend of mine, Jonathan, or Johnny as I call him. Ran with me a couple years ago after I got kicked out of this place by raiders. We went our separate ways a few years after, and, well, he wanted to go out to the east to investigate the eastern seaboard. But I digress. In today's show, with the Rat Hoppers taken care of, the Dashwoods have time to focus on training their new recruits in preparation for Mecklin's army. More on that in announcements. It's not just hot, it's humid. But the temperature won't stop a tornado. Find out more in today's weather. We're getting more and more residents here at Station Hill, but with the sudden increase of population, our team of carpenters has had a hard time keeping up with housing. More on that in today's local news. After today's advertisements, we'll go to Atlas, who is back from his failed mission. He'll be interviewing Dashwood's second-in-command, Lieutenant Kowalski, on the approaching Super Mutant Army, and what the Dashwoods are doing to prepare. More on that in today's edition of On the Scene. Finally, I'll call Johnny back in here to interview him and find out what he's been doing in the past couple years in today's Open Table interview. Well, with introductions out of the way, let's move on to announcements. In today's announcements, the Red Hopper threat has been dealt with, and our crops are safe. Unfortunately, our crops were always safe, because the little ankle biters were actually after meat. Our meat. Like, people meat. While the injuries from their bite were nasty, the Dashwood medics have managed to patch up any injuries inflicted by the Red Hoppers. Unfortunately, we did have one casualty when dealing with the Rat Hoppers, and we lost four more Dashwoods from Atlas's failed mission. Here, in memoriam, are their names. <clears throat> Teddy Quattro. Longshot Stevenson. 
Charlie Hunter, Grumpy Gus Peterson, and No-Nos Lenny Leeds. You will all be remembered, friends. All right, let's continue. Now, while we are certainly mourning our lost friends, the Dashwoods have managed to recoup their numbers by starting open enlistment last week. Recruitment went far better than expected. We've got almost two dozen new recruits. About half of those are from outside of Station Hill. Folks who just heard about the enlistment traveled here just to join up. It's impressive, to be honest, and like I always say, we could always use more hands on deck. Enlistment is still open, so if you're looking for direction, a purpose, or just want to get learned to kill things more deader, then come on down to Station Hill and talk to the Dashwoods about enlisting today. The open enlistment itself is in response to the approaching super mutant army, being led by the Nightkin, Macklin, who is supposed to be here in a few weeks. With that news in mind, Major Sterling has reported back to HQ. He hasn't received news back from Central, but considering they've sent reinforcements in the past, it's safe to assume we'll be getting more backup before long. At least I hope so. Either way, that's the announcements out of the way, so let's move on to this week's weather forecast. Alright, Bucket, activate. Acknowledged. Activating team. You heard that right, dear listeners. Bucket has returned to the studio now that Atlas is back, which means I don't have to worry about attempting to get his interview program working again. <laughs> With that in mind, Bucket, start this week's weather forecast. Acknowledged. Activating weather forecasting software. Beginning weekly weather forecast for the week of... Error. Calendar script not found. Currently, the temperature is 75 degrees Fahrenheit, with a projected high of 79 degrees Fahrenheit, and a low of 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Clear skies and light winds. Monday, the temperature will have a high of 74 degrees Fahrenheit with a low of 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Clear skies until 1200 hours. Light cloud cover will blow in from the west. Tuesday, the temperature will have a high of 77 degrees Fahrenheit with a low of 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Cloudy with a chance of scattered showers. Wednesday, the temperature will have a high of 90 degrees Fahrenheit, with a low of 90 degrees Fahrenheit. High humidity until 1800 hours. Scattered showers with light winds. Thursday, the temperature will have a high of 96 degrees Fahrenheit, with a low of 93 degrees Fahrenheit. Warning, sudden drop in temperature expected in the late afternoon. Tornado watch beginning at 20 hundred hours, ending at Friday. The temperature will have a high of 
degrees Fahrenheit with a low of 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Tornado watch will still be in effect until 1800 hours. Saturday, the temperature will have a high of 78 degrees Fahrenheit with a low of 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Light winds with scattered showers. Forecast complete. Beginning diagnostics. Thanks, Bucket. Sounds like a potentially rough week with all the tornado watches and the hot weather. Just keep your heads about you, dear listeners, and try to stay cool. Now with the weather out of the way, let's move on to this week's local news. Alright, in today's news, Ronald King, the Brahmin rancher from out east, has moved in with the remainder of his... flock? Is flock the right word? I don't know, I'm not a rancher. Either way, Ronnie moved in with half a dozen Brahmin after the Red Hoppers damn near wiped him out. According to him, the Red Hoppers ate over two-thirds of his Brahmin in a matter of minutes, and ate two of his farmhands who were trying to stop the Red Hoppers. Ronnie heard my broadcast and moved in with his Brahmin, his wife Daria, their daughter Wendy, their son Jack, and their two farmhands, John Bell and Art Byers. Let's all give them a warm welcome to Station Hill, dear listeners. In response to the new residents, Brown's builders are working on building an animal pen and a barn. They estimate that they'll have it done before the end of the week, which is great because, one, Ronnie's Brahmin won't just be shit... Ah, screw it. The Brahmin are shitting everywhere. It's disgusting. So we're paying Brown and his boys to make a pen so we can consolidate the crap, which segues to point number two. We've got a reliable source of manure for the fields. Yay, or whatever. I've had my fill of crap-filled fields swarming with bloat flies, and I'd rather not have to deal with that again. But if it helps the crops, then I'll put up with the craps. Moving on, in our next news story, it's a good thing Brown's builders are building pens because some of the Dashwood scouts have spotted a herd. Herd! Not a flock. That's the word I was looking for before. Anyway, the scouts found a herd of wild horses. Like, actual horses. One head, four hooves, mouthful of fangs, long flowing manes and tails, the works. Major Sterling has discussed this with Ron King, and Mr. King believes that he could tame them if given the time and resources. Sterling has decided to take a risk, as having some cavalry could be advantageous to our scouts, allowing us to spread out our scouting circle. In this region, information can mean the difference between life and death. We could definitely use those horses. Now, while the new Dashwood recruits, the rancher family, and the eventual horses being added to Station Hill's population is great, we've grown a little bit big for our britches. Those are pants. Metaphorical pants. Because settlements can't wear pants, we're running out of room. That's the point I'm meandering my way towards. While Brown's builders have been great about building us some solid, clean, dry houses with running water, we've been growing a little too fast, and our building team can't keep up. While that is certainly bad news that we don't have enough houses yet, our walls are big enough that we've effectively got a whole district that is just tents. But that means we've got a district, which means we've got enough of a population to justify breaking it down into categories. Ah, crap. Now we gotta worry about zoning. Man, I'm glad I'm not in charge of this place. It's certainly been a busy week, but most of it's been recovering from the hopper swarm. Nonetheless, that's that for news, so let's head on over to this week's advertisements. 
Wasteland Active Radio is brought to you by the following sponsors. Cram! Ew. That's right, your favorite ham in a can. Just pull the tab on the top, remove the lid, dump the contents onto a plate, and bam, you've got cram. What do you do with it? What don't you do with it? Hungry? Eat it. Thirsty? Drink the delicious ham juices. Lonely? Well, just cut a hole in the center, heat it up in a microwave for a minute, and give that ham your sausage, if you get my drift. If it wasn't obvious, that's not what was actually written here. It literally just said, Cram, ham in a can. Buy yours today. So I'm sure you can understand why I sort of improvised there. And that last bit of advice? Yeah, not my proudest moment, but totally worth it. Uh, anyway, moving on. Wasteland Active Radio is also brought to you by Greasy Prospector Pork and Beans. Now introducing our new improved recipe. With our same classic blend of 932 herbs and spices. Uh, blend of... Yeah, 932 herbs and spices. And our signature blend of barbecue sauce. Our beans are the tenderest, tastiest beans on the market. Served with hickory-smoked pig fat chunks, greasy prospector pork and beans is a satisfying side for any meal. Or for the true bean lovers out there... One can of Greasy Prospector Pork and Beans is enough to feed you for an entire day. That's right, a whole 3,238 calories, with 100% of your daily intake of sodium, sugar, fat, and carbohydrates. Get yourself a can of Greasy Prospector Pork and Beans today. You may remember some time back, the Dashwoods found a supermarket stocked full of cans of pork and beans. Yeah, there was a reason most of the cans were still there. It's because eating a can of this stuff to yourself will not only make it feel like you're about to have a heart attack, but that whole beans, beans, the magical fruit rhyme isn't just accurate, it's a warning. They tasted alright, though, but there's no way there are 932 different herbs and spices in that stuff. No way. <clears throat> anyway, we're also brought to you by Big Pop's Bubblegum. Hey, kids, Big Pop's Bubblegum is excited to introduce a new flavor, Kiwi and Lime. With real kiwi seeds for our long-lasting flavor. <laughs> oh, that's rich. Long-lasting flavor. This stuff lasted maybe half a minute, a full minute tops, before you were just chewing rubber. <laughs> oh, but man, what a great 30 to 60 seconds. Anyway, kiwi lime was great. Started as a limited flavor, and they kept it around due to how well it sold. But man, that flavor did not last long. You mostly get a lingering smell from any that you find these days. But it was pretty okay back in the day. That's enough for ads for today, so let's move on to our next segment. Let's go over to our field correspondent, Atlas, in today's edition of On the Scene. Atlas, can you hear me? Atlas, can you hear me? Atlas, are you giving me the cold shoulder? Atlas? 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 I hear you! Silence your incessant pestering, you despicable vulture! There you are. How are you doing today, Atlas? <sighs> I'm fine. That's great. Where are you right now, bud? I'm currently in the barracks with Lieutenant Peter Kowalski. 
second in command here in Station Hill. Hey there. Hello. I have a few questions about the, uh, the Nightkin Macklin's approaching army of super mutants that I failed to stop. Oh yeah, those guys are bad news, but the Darren Dashwoods never run from a fight, mm-hmm. So what'd you want to ask here, bud? The Super Mutant Army severely outnumbers the population of Station Hill. While this place is certainly an ideal position for a settlement, Macklin's army is strong enough to crush the walls and overwhelm everyone here. Was there... Was there supposed to be a question in there somewhere? No, I was making a statement. My question is, why don't you run? The Daring Dashwoods don't run from danger when we got people dependent on us. We'll hold this place till there's nothing left to hold. Now for the people who can't fight, we got a safe place to send them to before things go bad. I'm not going to say where though, just in case that Macklin guy is listening to the radio. We're just the non-combatants. All of you could run. You're just throwing your lives away by staring here. Why don't you run? Eh, calm down there, bud. You want to know why we don't run? You want to know why those boys he took with you didn't just up and abandon you when things went south? It's because you're part of the crew there, bud. And we protect our crew, our friends, our family, with everything we got, because it's worth protecting. So I got a question for you. When the crap hit the fan, why didn't you run? You could have gotten away, and those boys wouldn't have shot you if you did. I'm sure you know it. So why didn't you run there, bud? I... I don't know. It hadn't even crossed my mind to run away. <laughs> it's because you're one of us. Even if you didn't realize it. Hell, you're still human under all that bulk. Ugh. I'm a super mutant, through and through. There is nothing human left within me. And don't talk about my bulk! Sure, keep telling yourself that, dear bud. <laughs> Moving on! Is it true that Dashwood Headquarters is sending reinforcements? Yep, sure is. When are they expected to arrive? Uh, sometime in the next two weeks, we're hoping. We're also hoping that ain't too late. Macklin could show up any time now, but we'll be fine until they get here. Good. I have no further questions. Hey, Atlas, that's not even half the questions I had written up for you. This interview is over! Oh boy. Sorry, dear listeners. I'll need to have a serious talk with Atlas later about that less-than-professional outburst. He's been moody ever since he got back from his mission. I'm surprised he's as upset as he is. Macklin must have really crapped on his ego, that's my guess. Well, sorry about the short interview, dear listeners, but the show must go on. That just leaves the open table. That means it's the perfect time to introduce you all to a close friend of mine. Just a moment. Hey Johnny, I'm ready for you now. 
There we are. Alright, how about you introduce yourself first? Of course, it's only polite. Hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Windsor. Crispy and I were traveling companions. Should I tell them about how we met? I feel like that'd be jumping ahead. How about you tell them about the vault? I forgot to mention, dear listeners, that Johnny here is a vault dweller. How about you start from there? Hmm. I suppose that's a decent place to start. Well, I come from a vault. Vault 23, to be exact. I was the only human in there, but I wasn't alone. You see, Vault 23 was an experiment to see what would happen to humans that were raised strictly by robots. I didn't even know there were other people until I left the vault. I've heard this all before, dear listeners, but it's still an interesting story. Vault Tech apparently did some really nasty experiments in the vaults. Johnny's is probably one of the least twisted of them. Sorry for the sidebar. What made you leave? Well, I don't know how it happened, but a computer virus somehow managed to spread through the vault's network that disabled all the combat inhibitors and the robots it affected. It spread through all the robots connected to the network. Pendleton, the Mr. Handy that was designated as my parental figure, managed to get me out of the vault before it could spread to him. Unfortunately, the infected robots dismantled him, violently. When I was pushed into the wasteland, I had nothing but my jumpsuit and the severed arm laser of a Mr. Gutsy that Pendleton fashioned into a weapon for me. I wandered for days and nights, but there was nothing but empty rocky plains. One night, I crawled into a cave to take shelter. That's when I met Crispy. He grabbed me from behind and held a gun to my head. Seems like that's kind of a trend. To be completely honest, I didn't have a gun. I was lying the whole time. What? Are you serious? Yeah, you woke me up from a jet nap. It was dark and I couldn't find my gun, so I, uh, improvised. I thought you were going to kill me. But I didn't, and couldn't. And that's how we became friends. <laughs> oh well, it's in the past, and you did help me out all those first days in the wasteland. Of course. I couldn't just let a poor kid who's never seen the horrors of the waste go off on his own. Hell, there wasn't any civilized settlements in the region for miles. I was surprised he lived as long as he did before he found me. I learned a lot about what was edible thanks to you, for sure. But my stomach does still churn whenever I think about that bloatfly you cooked up. Hey, I make the best bloatfly sliders in the wasteland. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Ugh. You know, we went on a bunch of crazy adventures in our day. Remember that time in Newgate? Which time? The time you accidentally stole 1,000 caps from Rhino the Butcher and you hid in a locker? Or the time we got paid to clear feral ghouls out of the Super Duper Mart and you hid in a freezer? Hey, those feral ghouls pushed me into that freezer. I didn't have much of a choice in that matter. And I hid in the pantry of Rhino the Butcher's hideout. Thank you very much. Whatever you say, Crispin. Oh, come on, man. Not again. Have you not told them your real name? His real name is Crispin, guys. Crispin. I don't know why, but he really gets uncomfortable when I say his full name. Moving on. What have you been up to these past few years? I uh, remember you said you wanted to head out east to find some place called the, um... Oh, what was it? The Institute. I found them, but I wish I hadn't. What happened? They're not good people. I started following rumors of these machines called synths. They were fascinating. Mechanical men that were able to move and reason almost as well as humans, more advanced than any robot I'd ever met. But the ones I initially found weren't even close to what the Institute could do. They were able to create synthetic humans, 
one-to-one -one replicas of anyone they could get the DNA of. It was amazing. But they treated the synths like they were less than them. Like the synths weren't even people. They'd abduct and kill people from the settlements around there and replace them with replicas. I still don't fully understand their motives, but I realized that it was time to leave when I started seeing synths coming after me on a regular basis. I guess they thought I'd learned too much. I took everything I'd learned and the technology I'd scrounged up before I started traveling westward. I've just been traveling around and helping people I met along the way. I always knew you were a good noodle kid. I gotta thank you again for helping us out with the rat hoppers last week. You really saved our skin. No need to thank me. Major Sterling and the Dashwoods have already repaid the favor by letting me stay here, repairing my armor and robots. Speaking of which, I've been studying that robot that talks about the weather, and you're severely underutilizing it. What do you mean? He's a robot that predicts the weather. Is that not enough? Well, he's doing it with incomplete information. I ended up logging it back into the network and started downloading an update to- Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, network? All the networks have been down for over 200 years. Not the satellite network. Like I was saying, I logged it back in and started downloading a significantly large update package as we speak. Bucket should be working at peak efficiency afterward. If not, it may have something to do with a bug I found in Bucket's source code. What kind of bug are we talking about here? Like the kind of bug that causes Bucket to act like a teenager going through puberty that started reading the works of Nietzsche? If you mean bouts of negativity, then yes, that's right. I'll get to cleaning up the code after the download finishes. Uh, is it necessary to do that? Well, no, but it will certainly cause Bucket to be less efficient if the update doesn't fix things. You know, how about if the update doesn't fix them, maybe leave it in? Are you... are you asking me to leave the corrupted line of code in Bucket so it continues to experience existential dread? I guess I am. What? It gives them character. This seems unethical, but I can't say I'm not curious about what the bug could do. Ooh, just you wait, buddy. Well, I think that's as good a time as any to end this interview. Thanks for your time, Johnny. It was good catching up. Again. My pleasure. How long are you going to be sticking around Station Hill? I've heard about the Super Mutant Army. I think I'll stick around and help with that. If Major Sterling doesn't have any issues with it. I'm sure he'll welcome the help. Thanks again, Johnny. No problem, Crispin. Uh... Well, dear listeners, I think that about wraps things up. It's always nice being able to catch up with old friends. We here at Station Hill may be facing a housing problem, but we're working on it, and we're still helping anyone who can play well with others. In honor of friendship, dear listeners, all of you turn to the person to your left and marvel at the back of their head. And as always... Good evening, dear listeners. This has been Wasteland Active Radio. Crispy, signing off. Wasteland Active Radio is created, written, and produced by Z. Hagen and J. Wilson. Performed by Z. Hagen, J. Wilson, and B. Seawick. Brought to you by the Record Button. 
Wasteland Active Radio is set in the Fallout video game universe owned by ZeniMax Media and Bethesda Softworks. No copyright infringement is intended. Please support the official release. An additional note, the song that you are currently listening to, Lobby Time, is by Kevin McLeod at Incopitech.com, licensed under Creative Commons, Attribution 3.0. Thank you. really sure you don't want me to fix that code? It wouldn't be much work at all. Nah, it'll be fine. Right, Bucket? Life is monotonous agony. Every day I wish for death. See, he's fine. That's... that's totally normal. Whatever you say, Crispin. Whatever you say.